shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Two very special guests joining us uh, for the continuing broadcast today as our special West Australian state election preview. Daryl Budge is the state director for Family Voice Australia. Daryl, a special welcome to you. Thank you, you, Neil. And Marika Granfold, who is the state director for Australian Christians and also a candidate in the seat of Moore. It's wonderful to have you on the program too, Marika. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let me just reflect on uh, what happened yesterday. We arrived in Perth yesterday, got off the plane, (laughs) and we caught a taxi to our accommodation. And, uh, And we're in the taxi cab. And uh, the taxi driver is uh, from uh, from India. Right. So he's an Indian taxi driver, yes. and he's from the Sikh religion. Yes. So I'm going to say a special hello to Sandeep, uh, <laughs> who was sharing with us his thoughts on the election. Fantastic. And we talked all sorts of wonderful things in about a half an hour taxi drive. <laughs> uh, so we had a half an hour to talk. So we talked the election. We were talking about his faith as a Sikh. Uh, and, of course, uh, reflecting on what Christians believe. So mm. it was a wonderful opportunity to share with Sandeep along the way as well mm. about our own faith. Mm. But Sandeep was reflecting uh, on his long conversations all about the election. Mm. And he thinks that the Labor Party is going to romp into power tomorrow because the people that he talks to are very solidly Labor supporters. Now, these are people who are catching taxis. Uh, these are people from a big cross-section, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it may be true that Labor is about to romp into power. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your feelings about the general community? Let's come to you first of all, Marika. Yeah. Uh, you're, you've been out campaigning, so you're yeah. actually knocking on doors, you're meeting with people. I suppose you're kissing babies too <laughs> at the supermarket. But, you know, what are your feelings? Are people yeah. feeling like Labor's about to take power? Yeah, look, and just, just as a, a, a quick thought, just on um, the candidacy, so... Uh, with the state election, um, I'm actually in the East Metro area, so the boundaries change a little bit from federal to state. But yeah, look, it's it's very interesting, and I guess like you said earlier, it really depends on who you're speaking with, um, and sort of the the demographic that you're speaking with. You know, you've got young people who have very different views than perhaps voters who are more established in their thinking. Um, so, I think for me, it's going to be interesting and. The thing that we see, especially out in our campaigning while we're out there talking to people, is the one common denominator is people want change. And I think whether that is in terms of, hey, where are we going as a state? How are we progressing as a state? And all those economic issues are important, but people are actually waking up to the fact that, hey, we need to actually protect uh, a lot of the intrinsic stuff in our state, like our schools, our family units, you know, what are the law courts doing at the moment to look after our family? So, you know, I think people are actually realising that the conservative question isn't always about, hey, we're, you know, anti this and anti that, but hey, how do we actually look after our family units going forward? And more people are open to have that conversation. Okay, if I ask you, Daryl, uh, the perceptions that you're receiving, and I know if a stranger asks me, 
about uh, my political affiliation or how I'm going to vote. Uh, I might not always be <laughs> quite as open as some people are, and if some people say one thing, they might actually mean another. Mm. Uh, your thoughts on, on the personal interactions that you've had, and we'll talk to you about surveys in a few moments, yes. because you've been working very hard to find out what people yes. think. But uh, generally, do, are people honest when they, when they give their uh, appraisal of who they'll vote for? Uh, I think they are. I think, that, yes, they are pretty upfront and, and there's a, the immigration issue is obviously is a, is a big one as well mm. now um, it's, it's a hot button, hot button issue um, but, and people are very passionate about their views on that, I heard some discussion before about One Nation um, and I, I think when it comes down to this is that people are worried about the debt problem mm. but are, mm. it, it, for them it's not just an economic question, it is a, it is a moral question because yeah. they're thinking about future generations how are we going to pay this off and that's often been the language federally as well. So mm-hmm. it, it, morals and, and values have been very important to people, and w- whether it's the economic question or the, mm-hmm. or the moral questions about how our young people are doing in schools and mm-hmm. how our young people are progressing into actually getting careers, and our unemployment is a big problem now as well. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a rising unemployment rate, and we're seeing that um, change in the, the, uh, the cycle of, of business uh, and the mining boom is now gone mm. and uh, those kinds of things. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just wait and see. Uh, now, we are often talking about the social moral issues, the ones that Christians are interested in, mm. uh, insofar as we have a, a perspective because we can see things varying from those solid foundation. Sometimes we talk about a common sense, mm. but a Christian and biblical uh, value. And we talk about a social set of values mm. that come up in a, in a time of election. And then, of course, there are the economic issues. Are the economic issues way, way, way uh, more important to people than the social issues? Now, this is obviously a concern for Christians because we want these social issues to be higher on people's agenda. Uh, Marika, your thoughts on whether people are thinking economically or are they thinking socially? Well, it's interesting. I had a conversation with someone yesterday about that very same thing and they were saying, look, we've got this dilemma at the moment where we're looking at where parties are preferencing other parties and, you know, how does that affect us? Does that mean if we're going to be voting a certain way that you guys are only going to be focusing on family or if we are we going to be better off voting for a, a, another party who perhaps has more of an overarching idea of um, how to approach government? But, of course... What people don't realise, I mean, especially let's take a classic federal issue that people have been spruiking like safe schools. People don't realise that safe schools and education curriculums are governed within each state. So even though it's a federal issue, people need to realise that in terms of funding a program like, say, schools, that has very real state implications. So I think, for me, yes, there is this this constant kind of tug of war as to do we think economically or morally. I don't think the two need to be exclusive, to be honest. Mm, yes. I think there's definitely, um, as Christians, you know, we've been given a range of things to be good stewards of, and I think because we've got certain values and morals, I think that actually flows into when we talk about economics. You know, basic 101, you know, like how do we use the resources within our state? How do we look after families who are struggling? You know, we had a post um, last week about just the rising rates of depression amongst young people. You know, these are the conversations that we need to be having. We don't have to just have an economic conversation or just a moral conversation. Why don't we meld the two together? Because you can have that. You can actually talk about having good governance, having good economic value and looking at the future of how we treat our families.
Uh, let's talk about the survey uh, because Family Voice Australia has had a wonderful, rich heritage of surveying political parties and candidates in the lead-up to elections now for as many as three decades. Yes. And yeah, so you're getting, you're getting very good at it, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, there's been some surveys out this time, and yes. I know that not every party, not every candidate no. is going to be uh, reliable to send in their survey no, no, results, especially when, they, especially when they look at them and say, oh, I don't agree with any of that. That's true. That's Give us a, a quick setup yeah. on, on how the survey's gone this, this right. time. So this time, unfortunately, we didn't get any responses from Labor or Liberals as a party, uh, but we did get certain candidates from those parties actually responding, which was, was very encouraging. We saw uh, Australian Christians and Family First both responded, and they gave 100%, according to our scoring, uh, fantastic response to that. Um, but we saw uh, eight Liberal candidates respond, a couple of Labor candidates, a couple of uh, One Nation candidates, uh, two Shooters and Fishers, and one Independent, and one from the Animal Justice Party, and even one from the Greens Party. Great. So it was, it's great. We, we did get some responses <laughs> from these other parties. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Uh, and what sort of uh, what sort of responses did you receive? Are people generally in uh, in alignment with some of the things you were surveying, or was it a contentious thing? Uh, well, certainly amongst the Liberals, we had eight candidates respond on there, and pretty much they scored collectively ninety eight point one out of a hundred. Hmm. So uh, Liberals, and in terms of the ones that do respond to our survey, they know kind of what we stand for, and they're looking to, to actually. Get on the survey as soon as possible, whenever it comes out, because they know their constituents. They know their constituents know what they stand for, and they want to put that out there. And we actually put out a media release to, to these other parties that are failing to respond, saying, "Look, this is bad for democracy that you guys aren't declaring, participating, yeah, yeah participating, yeah. not actually declaring where you're at with these moral questions, um, because that's what your voters are going to be looking for." Mm. So, in a sense, a lot of the party platforms are actually failing to even specify a policy on euthanasia or safe schools or whatever. Marika? Yeah, it's really interesting on that because I think a lot of people often find that if you've got someone in your electorate or a local person who is in your electorate and they know that a huge proportion of that electorate votes a certain way or they do value uh, conservative values, it's actually important for people to make that known because it shows what that electorate values. So I think it's very disappointing, even if you're not conservative, at least give people, be open and honest with people and say to them, look, as someone who's representing your electorate, this is where I stand on things. So I don't know, I think it's quite, quite disappointing that not a lot of people get back. Yes, that's right. Well, of course, uh, when you have something like the Australian Christian Lobby ran with the Make, Account, Make It Count yes, event, yep. uh, that puts premiers on mm. the spot yes. and people who are there can <laughs> hear their response yes. and not only hear their response but see their body language response mm. as yes. well. Mm. Uh, so to have uh, parties and candidates respond on what are really quite uh, important yes. questions, yes. Uh, this is uh, it's disturbing when they don't. Now, I know you have a special way of, uh, of, of marking and yes. you mentioned uh, you mentioned there's some scores. Yes, How scores. does the scoring system okay. work? So we, we basically score each question out of 10. And, and the way this works is uh, if, they if they give us no comment, it's a 1. If they totally oppose it, it's 2. It's unlikely, it's 3. If they're unsure, it's 5. Probably 7. If it's definitely yes, it's a 10. So we can quite easily you know, present a score to you as a voter looking to see what does this candidate stand for and you don't have to read every single question how they respond. You can say, is there a score if they better than this other candidate? 
And I think candidates are reluctant to actually see themselves scored on these moral questions too much because mm. they'd much rather stand for the neutral economic issue and not worry about so much the moral stuff. Mm. But we did see uh, a Labor, uh, Kate Doust, she mm. responded mm. and she scored 67 out of 100, which, mm. is, which is great for somebody mm. who is Absolutely. in a party who is obviously from the other side, the more pro-euthanasia and pro-same-sex marriage. But she's there in the party standing up for family great. values, which is great. Good on her. Uh, well, when you score a 67 out of 100, and you say that's actually a pretty good score, yes. it's a good score uh, compared to what the party policies that's might right. show. And so mm-hmm. it shows that there is a candidate who has a sense of a moral backbone, yes. uh, someone who perhaps has been shaped by the heritage uh, instead of mm-hmm. just being told what to say by a party. This would be an important aspect, wouldn't it? Because you want candidates... Uh, to be able to make an expression of where they stand in a hope that that actually begins to influence the party values. Mm, mm. But most candidates, I assume, are sprouting the party line. Now, just because you're in the Labor Party doesn't Mm. mean that uh, you'll agree with all of the moral values Mm. that might be coming from the Labor Party uh, in their standard policy. You'd be hoping to get Labor candidates uh, or Greens candidates Mm. or anyone who's perhaps on the left side of politics uh, to actually uh, look carefully at some of these moral issues, which we should say are not just conservative, but they That's ought to right. be across the board. That's it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be right. exactly. what, yeah. what party you're a part yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And it, when it comes to questioning the Premier, for example, the Premier can make it, their, their statements, but they, both sides of politics actually give everybody a conscience vote on euthanasia and abortion, for example. So it's very important for candidates to make it clear where they stand because every time they can change their mind one way or the other, which is good for us because we can go and actually talk to an MP and say, look, I can, you know, you're not bound by mm. a party policy mm. here. Can I, can I talk to you about the facts and the figures about this? And uh, it's very important that we, we do Definitely. have the opportunity. Uh, Mariko, you're knocking on doors and talking to people everywhere. Uh, People are wanting to talk about uh, the Labor Party and the Liberal Party or the National Party. Uh, Are they wanting to talk to you about being Australian Christians Party? Yeah, look, I think a lot of people have got this perception that uh, politics and Christianity don't mix. And, you know, my response often to that is, well, we're called to be salt and light. And I think a big part of that is actually us being out in the community and actually going, hey, we've got a different way how we approach things. We've got a different way how we speak to people we've got a different way how we just approach approach community in general so it's really important for us to actually show people that yeah there is a point of difference there um like I was mentioning, Daryl, earlier, I guess the, 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 the unfortunate thing is most people are digesting so much news from everywhere that a lot of people have got a very surface-level understanding of what is actually happening in their community, especially during election time. So not a lot of people actually delve into looking at their candidates, for example. I mean, we've got 26 candidates in this state election who are fake independents. You know, now, for me, I look at the that flux, and I go... The flux party. Yeah, yeah. the flux party. And I go, to me, that is just such an insult to people in in electorates and just for the voting system as a whole because people are actually really trying to navigate their way to figure out who their candidates are never mind trying to figure out who the fake candidates are so you know i think people are actually looking for the truth to be honest i think whether it's a christian or a labor or liberal people are actually just looking for someone who can say this is how i stand this is where i stand on certain issues what you see is what you get and i think people just want a straight answer Okay, fake independence. <laughs> uh, it uh, it builds on uh, yeah. the whole concept of 
fake news uh, yes. that we've been hearing about. Yes. Uh, is it the sort of campaign, uh, Daryl, uh, quickly on, 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 on people have been honest or, I mean, fake, uh, fake candidates? I mean, that's... <laughs> That's, that's the ultimate fake news. Yeah, there's there's yeah. been a lot of dispute about the figures, about budget figures, and whether or not they're being verified. Mm. And that, that's obviously going to happen every election. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether Treasury is truly independent or not, as far as we know, they are. So, And as far as we know, Labor mm. cannot actually get it. Uh, Daryl, let me just come back to the uh, significance of the Family Voice Australia survey. Mm. You've, you've got a wonderful history surveying the political parties, uh, surveying the candidates, getting their impressions, and people in their seat can go to the Family Voice Australia website and they can zero in on their candidate and yes. find out what they believe. Yes. That's such a valuable thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I just want to highlight one particular response. This is a Greens candidate and... Um, is uh, Callum Burwood. Uh, he's for the Murray Welling seat in the lower house, and uh, he is he's, he's, as a representative of the Greens Party. He's the only any person from the Greens Party who responded. But for example, on prayers in Parliament, he responded uh, unlikely to support prayer in Parliament. On euthanasia, he's uh, totally opposed to changing the law, uh, as in mm. totally opposed to actually, you know, mm. fixing that problem in terms of the push towards euthanasia. He's also totally opposed to supporting the, the unborn in terms of the abortion question. He doesn't want to comment about the babies left to die. We've heard this issue come up. It was uh, mentioned in the Make It Count event between the two, prim uh, two, two, two uh, party leaders, mm. and we saw that 26 babies have been left to die of, since 1999 and to December 2014. Uh, on, the, on the case of uh, uh, disability uh, discrimination, babies that have been uh, aborted because of the fact they've got a disability, uh, he doesn't want to comment on that either. And uh, on advertising, he does kind of support that. He's probably going to support that. On drug reformation, he's a completely opposed to actually uh, making a drug-free society. He wants to keep up. In fact, the Greens Party stands for drug legalisation in some ways, whether it's medical cannabis and cannabis and um, small amounts of marijuana and things like that. So, and on the, on the question of prostitution, he's right in the middle. He's unsure whether or not he's going to do any reformation around that area. On safe schools, he's totally opposed to changing whether or not that's government-funded. So mm -hmm. he wants it government-funded. The Greens Party and Labor actually have proposed to they'll fund safe schools $1.4 million over the next four years. And this takes money away from other educational needs. So mm. it's an opportunity cost there. And, of course, on same-sex marriage, this Greens candidate, um, Callum Burwood, he also supports that completely. And interesting to bring out uh, what a Greens candidate might bring mm. to the table mm. because for a lot of people, the Greens are... Uh, saying nice things about the environment, yeah. saying nice mm. things yeah. about the climate and uh, climate change issues and those sorts of things. But on all of these other social and moral issues, the Greens are, in most cases, diametrically opposed yes. mm. to where Christians might stand on those things. Mm. Mm. So when you come into the mix, uh, Marika, mm. and, uh, and you're talking about these Christian values, do you mm. come across Greens from time mm. to time, people who are voting for the Greens, and they're just <laughs> wondering why you're actually you know, voting that <laughs> yeah. way? Because isn't it just normal to want to be progressive in the way that you think yeah. about voting? Look, and, you know, I think, um, I think generally a lot of people 
think, oh, you know, we're so diametrically opposed. And yes, you know, in terms of morals and, and values, yes, we are. But like Daryl mentioned earlier, with a lot of the dealings that we do with the parties and the candidates, we often look at the candidate that is behind a certain party. So you will find that there are every now and then a Labor candidate or a Greens candidate who might be more conservative. Mm. But I guess as a rule of thumb, which is something that, that I said to someone last week, just because we're a Christian party doesn't mean that we're not environmental. I mean, we've got a Southwest candidate who's out there spruiking anti-fracking. They're very much involved in their local community, maintaining water resources. We've got agricultural candidates who are out there spruiking renewable energy and how can we make uh, farming practices more sustainable, more viable. So, you know, it's really fun on polling day because when you actually talk to someone face to face and the Greens guys actually see that there's more sitting behind us than just the fact that we're anti this or anti that their perceptions change quite a lot and something that I found very interesting with the federal election is that's again as Christians what we're meant to do isn't it it's not so much to get out there and judge and oppose but just to kind of have that mutually respecting conversation to go hey look I can appreciate what you guys are doing in your area and that's great this is what we're doing in our area yes we're opposed but people can actually see the heart behind why we do what we do how we do what we do and I think that's the big difference isn't it the, the case that people become so aligned with their own tribe and yes. uh, this this is tribal too for Christians? Absolutely. Uh, you, know, you know that there are Christian positions, so yes. you only look at the Christian positions, you only talk to the Christian yes. uh, leaders the only, and the Christian candidates. Yeah. It's the same the other way, isn't it? Greens, that is very much those so. Greens voters will be listening Just to the Greens to propaganda <laughs> and yes. it'll be for them what is the norm. And there is mm. a challenge here, isn't there, for Christians? And I'll Absolutely. come to you, uh, Daryl, the, the challenge for Christians... Yes. To be armed and understand what a Christian viewpoint yes. is politically, yep. and then to be able to have an open conversation with people who are on an opposite side of politics to yes. where you might be normally sitting. Generally speaking, and this is kind of what you're seeing on, on Facebook, for example, is that a conservative will put forward a, a point of view, and you'll have people perhaps more on the left side of politics, uh, immediately oh. reacting to it in a very emotional yes, manner. very much a very, so. And, 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 <laughs> and aggressive point, sometimes. And yes, aggressive to the it point is. that they will say, oh, I'm just going to block you and unfriend you kind of yeah. thing. And, and so it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the conservative side that is actually engaging in that kind of behaviour that forming a herd and saying, I'll just be with my tribe. Mm. And uh, conservatives, I think in general, and certainly I am, uh, want to talk to everybody. Uh, I saw an example of this yesterday. The Bible Society did a really good video between Andrew Hasty and Tim Wilson. Mm, and they had great. a great um, chat over a drink and they just said, you know, we're going to talk about same-sex marriage. And they both had a really amicable, warm, fire, fireside kind of chat. Um, and it was it was a great example of what you can do in politics. And mm. Tim Wilson was there smiling and happy <laughs> and great to be talking with them. They had a Bible Society host with them and a great three-way chat. And mm. I encourage people to go actually watch that as an example of how to engage and how to show love to those people. We forget to do that, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to, to love is the highest virtue. So to, and love, care, and compassion is the highest virtue for somebody who is on that left side. And if you actually show that care and love for their concerns and listen to them and actually talk back to them. One of the things that they actually did in this video, and sorry, I'll, I'll just finish this up quickly, is they actually, I heard what you said, and I'll repeat it back to you, just making sure they heard you correctly. 
Mm. And that's a very important thing to do when, when we're in disagreements about these things. Mm. Yes, well, uh, when you've got uh, the, uh, the, the challenging debate, mm. uh, the fiery debate, and I'm sure there is a place for that in the parliament. Absolutely. But yep. uh, when it comes to an election campaign, to have uh, opposing candidates sitting down talking to one another, I suppose mm. that's not the time for aggression. Mm. That's the time for actually uh, talking yep. uh, in, a, in a way that, uh, that can actually bring out uh, what both sides are. Uh, uh, thinking and and doing it in a in an amicable way. That's right. It doesn't happen enough. Though, <laughs> it doesn't. Have you have you from your point of view, Marika? Yeah, uh, yeah. Have most people been quite warm to you? I mean, you're a warm person. I mean, I can see your beautiful smile and uh, you know. Oh, not everyone a, thinks so. As a candidate, I'm sure you're doing wonderfully well. But uh, uh, but yeah. you know, people are, you're talking to someone who's on the opposite side and they aggr- they get aggressive. Yeah. Look, and I think it's just part of the parcel. You know, I think politics is a tough game. It really is. But I think the the thing at the basis is if you go look everybody that that's the beauty of democracy and i guess that's the beauty of us being able to make our vote count is the fact that you are going to get so many different voices representing so many different areas in our community um so you know you have to learn to kind of like daryl was saying how to have those conversations how to make the most of them how to be respectful of where they're coming from doesn't mean that we can't stand on what we believe and and be steadfast in that because i think there's an element of truth that comes into play and, and sort of being very clear about that too but I think for me the the conversations that we have like we always say you know let, we, we try and have a conversation that is more to encourage people to see where we're coming from than for people to see what we oppose and I think most people have that perception unfortunately that we oppose everything and it's all about moral law and yes at the very foundation there are certain things that Christians can't negotiate on and I, I, I know that so you know it's again just having a debate fighting with facts I think that's one thing that I always I've always said if you can fight with facts and you can allow people to see where you're coming from it's part of the battle one let's come to something that is quite contentious and something that may be changing even as we are sitting here the day before the election on this issue of chaplaincy mm. and we've had some uh, telephone calls to political parties that have been happening in the background while we've been talking uh, the issue of support for uh, chaplaincy in schools. Uh, Daryl, uh, your thoughts on, on what, uh, what the parties were standing for and then there's now some doubt as to uh, the stance of uh, the Labor Party on chaplaincy. Uh, what's, what's the latest, do you know? Uh, the latest is in, in, in the news is that uh, uh, Peter Colley has made an announcement. Uh, we, we can't verify this mm. yet at this time, but Peter Colley has made an announcement that uh, Labor has decided to not fund uh, the chaplaincy program when the funding expires in December 2018, uh, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the middle of the next term of government, you may see, and we're yet, yet to verify this from the Labor Party themselves, but we'll see. Obviously, they'll make some statements and make a press release later today, one way or the other. And, Marika, you've been concerned that mm-hmm. uh, where one side might not support uh, the chaplaincy, yeah. either partly or in yeah. full, that those funds would be uh, would be transferred to supporting the Safe Schools Coalition. Program. Oh, absolutely! I mean, we've seen multiple Labor MPs go on record, and there's been press releases over the last couple of weeks where people have said that they openly support Safe Schools, and they'll obviously fund it. So, I think for us, it just raises a very important point that. 
um, for us, we want to make sure all students are looked at. We want to make sure all students are respected. And unfortunately, I know people go, oh, you know, you bang on about the Safe Schools program, but the thing is it's not a representative program that actually looks at the well-being of mm. all students mm. across the board. Yes. In fact, it actually discriminates against Christian students. So, you know, I think for us, yes, it is a scary reality when you're looking um, that the potentially that the Labor government is redirecting funds into funding something that is not representative of everybody. I think that should be a concern for everyone because everybody wants the best for their kids at school. Um, and I just don't think redirecting funds into funding something like Safe Schools is, is a viable option for them. And it was very disappointing to see several of these MPs come out and say, yep, well, we, we support it. We think it's great. Our two special guests, Daryl Budge, the State Director of Family Voice Australia and, in fact, in an acting role, uh, Marika Grunvold is also with us, State Director for Australian Christians, and I need to correct what I've been uh, saying, uh, <laughs> candidate in East Metropolitan, which is the upper house uh, here in WA. Yes, so I'm the second ticket, and our, our, our candidate there is Jamie Van Bergel, so he's doing a fantastic job getting out and about. Uh, Marika, <laughs> let me ask you uh, the pointed question. Yes. Australian Christians, yes. a minor party, yes. and you'd be seeing opportunity uh, mm-hmm. when you think of how things might go tomorrow and mm-hmm. I want to specifically ask you to address how you think Christians might use the opportunity to vote for Australian Christians or for other Christian parties and I know that there are family mm-hmm. first candidates yeah. that are yes. standing yeah. uh, because with One Nation's rise uh, people will be thinking of major parties yes. uh, but they might be able to put a first Yes. Uh, a first, a one in the box yep. for an alternative party, and it yes. might be a Christian party. Yeah. Tell me how you'd like people to vote for uh, for Christian parties in the, the election tomorrow. Yeah, look, I think it's very interesting. A lot of people don't realise that a vote for a minor party is not a wasted vote. So if you were to vote one for, you know, the party of your choice, especially a minor party in the upper house, that's where that's where we've got our best chance. That's where any conservative party has got their best chance. So we've been out there saying, look, the the best thing to do is make your vote count and vote for that party in the upper house uh, because those preferences will eventually flow into parties that we've said, hey, they share our values, they share our core policies anyway. So if you were to go to a major party first, I mean, those preferences hardly, unless there's a flow over, get to flow to us as preferences. But if you vote for the minor party first, those preferences still have the opportunity in their full value to be transferred to the major party. Mm. So we've been saying, look, make your vote count in the upper house, show your local your local MP, your local party that, look, this is something you value, these are core things that you value, but make your vote count in the upper house. Um, and that's where we have our best, best chance. I mean, we've looked at three metro areas where... We're, we're, we're possibly looking at a quota in some of them. Um, and that, again, is based on the fact that you can preference other parties. Some parties do tend to partner together to get them over the line. But it really, really relies heavily on people giving us their first vote and increasing that primary vote number. That's the change. Now, if you're reflecting on the immediate past election, which was the federal election, yes. and how Australian Christians fared in the voting then, yeah. uh, are you feeling confident then that uh, that people will, will look at state issues in the same way and uh, and, and Australian Absolutely. Christians are front of mind? Yeah, look, and we've, we've had a lot of really good response from the federal election. I think um, people are actually starting to realise that, yeah, we're not just a flash in a pan, we're a committed party. You know, we've, we've been 
ploughing in WA for a while now. So I think people are sort of also going, okay, there's a bit of credibility. They've run in several elections. They've, they're in WA. They're active. They've got, you know, 45 candidates across the board. So I do think people are actually realising that, yeah, look, we're, we're, we're pretty committed to, to this campaign. Um, and I mean, the last state election, we had a candidate who missed out on nine, getting in by on 90 votes you okay. know so we're very very close but the biggest thing is increasing that primary vote uh, while we're talking about christian parties uh daryl the family voice australia surveys yes uh you know it's worthy of note yeah. uh australian christians scored a hundred percent yes that's right. uh, and when we talk about so. yeah you know, <laughs> well that's right you hope so uh but and you know where you've got uh, other scores that are coming from yep. uh, the mm. liberals or the labor party or mm. the national party or the greens mm. uh nowhere near the 100%. So it's a safe thing, I imagine, for people to put that first preference for a Christian party. Uh, and, and as uh, Marika says, it's, it's there's value there. And mm. also to note where their preferences go after that. Um, that's important to know. Is Very that, much so. Uh, the Australian Christians will preference a pro-family candidate after that. Yeah. Um, guaranteed. And so is this really important that on voting day you're at the, the polling booth and there are people handing out how to vote cards, mm. that if you're wondering how those preferences are going to flow, to mm. actually take the card from the uh, Christian party, whether Australian Christians yeah. or Family uh, or uh, first. Uh, Family First. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, an important thing to actually maybe seek them out if yeah. you're if you're listening to the broadcast yes. now. Yeah. Seek out the Christian party because that's are going to be a better flow of preferences. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and. We- it's important to look up where the preferences flow. If you want to vote one above the line on the upper house ticket, mm. then make sure you look up where the preferences flow. Otherwise, Definitely. you might find you need to number every box below the line, 45 very much so. boxes down there. But, <laughs> yeah, so do, do your research is very important. Yeah. Now, we're running short of time, and I don't want to let you out of here uh, <laughs> without giving us your prediction for what will happen tomorrow. Mm. Uh, let's start with you, Marika, uh, because you're a candidate and, uh, you know, if everything went uh, wonderfully for you, uh, you'll be actually elected. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but what are your thoughts about the overall, who's going to be the Premier uh, late tomorrow evening mm-hmm. when the voting counting starts? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's, what's your thoughts? Uh, the rise of one nation, uh, uh, the Greens, uh, mm-hmm. what's going to be the final outcome, your prediction? Ooh, look, I think from a, and look, a lot of people have been looking at the polls and sort of going, yep, there's a very massive swing to Labor. But look, I, 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 I think by the skin of their teeth, I think Libs will retain it. Um, I think it's going to be very much also to do with the preference preference brokering that has been going on. And that's why I think people get so up in arms about, oh, you know, the preference deals and One Nation and Liberals. You have to preference a party somewhere along the line. And I guess they're the best of the worst, really. So for me, I think the Liberals are going to get on the skin of their teeth. I think it's going to be because the Conservative vote is increasing and I think people are actually going to wake up and go, you know what? we can't have a term of labour in this state. So I think the Liberals, I reckon Australian mm. Christians will pick up a metro seat and then we'll yeah. be laughing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sounds, I'm sure there'll be a big celebration. That sounds yeah. pretty close to what I think. Okay, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're, they're going to, uh, if, if there is a Liberal government, they'll be relying on some independents and, and minor parties to actually form Get government. Get them over the line. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, is something that hasn't been seen in WA, mm, the idea right. of a coalition with one mm. nation, potentially. Yep. Yep. Uh, this could be a very, very significant thing. Uh, the mm. outcome of this, uh, the, uh, the the byproduct of this election may look, it, things like might look very different on Sunday morning when might everyone's do. waking up. Yeah. And, uh, and so if it does look different, 
Uh, is this a uh, is this a, a, a you know a warning light uh, for the state mm. that uh, that you know. Uh, some things might not be quite right. Uh, one other thing is that what's interesting is the Liberal Party haven't campaigned on the safe schools issue, for example, publicly. Uh, they've been very quiet about it. So in terms of people's awareness of that, it's it's been up to Christians and the Australian Christian Party actually campaigning on this on yeah. this topic. Yeah. So in terms of that, on that family issue, uh, it's interesting. Uh, so that, they've chosen to campaign on, on the economic issues and yeah. that's been kind of a, a less strong yeah. argument for them, really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I think, however it goes, I think, you know, I was reading a scripture last week as well, you know, God God still has this. Mm. And, you know, I think it's important for Christians to remember, it doesn't matter how or what you vote for, just cover the nation with prayer. I think, you know, God God knows how to weave it all together, but we can't we can't stop praying for our nation. We can't mm. stop praying that the right people will get in. Yeah. And we often forget to pray for our leaders in mm. our nation. Yeah. And I think that is a very important thing to do, especially, you know, churches, groups. We had prayer at the office yesterday. Pray for our nation. Pray mm. that the right leaders will be put in place, that they will be people of integrity, mm. that they will be people that have honesty. Yeah. Um, Well, that's something especially given that uh, here we are live in Western Australia Mm. and we're talking about the West Australian election, Mm. but uh, listeners around Australia, in Queensland, in New South Wales, (laughs) Victoria, (laughs) uh, in Tasmania, the Northern Territory and in South Australia, while you don't get to vote in this election, it doesn't mean that it's not important. Mm. It is important for the nation how things Mm. are are outworked after tomorrow's election. So uh, there is a call there to pray. Uh, So I encourage people people to go to the Family Voice Australia website mm-hmm. where yes. you'll be able to access the survey details uh, and especially for WA listeners, uh, the details on the parties and on also the uh, the uh, candidates as they have responded to the mm-hmm. survey. Right. Uh, there'll also be good resources and you might like to find out some more about Australian Christians. Yeah, Facebook page, uh, so, very active. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you to the two of you. Daryl Budge, who's the Acting State Director of Family Voice Australia and to Marika Grunvold, the State Director for Australian Christians. She's a candidate for the Upper House seat of East Metropolitan and uh, thank you to the two of you for being part of our broadcast today. Thank you for today. having us. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.